Hello and welcome to season eight of the Salad Cast. We're back again. Lots to talk about. And uh, welcome back on the podcast, Andy. How are you doing, Andy? Yeah, even Ollie. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thanks. Thanks for joining me. I'm joined again by Chris. Hi, Chris. How are you doing? Good. Thanks, Ollie. Looking forward to it tonight. We've got a bit to talk about, which is good. Yep. Yeah, uh, it's been a, there's been a, let's say, a, a decent amount of period of time since um, Steve Cottrell left the football club. Um, but we have, I couldn't keep up. I was in London this week with work. Um, and, you know, it's like you're in a meeting room all day, uh, out in the evening. And the amount of news that's been coming out of the club, um, coming back on the train yesterday, helped me trying to catch up a little bit. But, yeah, my head was spinning. There's a lot going on, but lots for us to discuss, lots to get excited about. Um, so the agenda tonight, we're going to talk about our new manager, our new physio and two sign-ins. Um, and maybe have a little chat about what else we need in terms of um, recruitment going forward. Away eventually. Off it goes to Holt. He does really well. This is Humphrey. It's 2-0 Shrewsbury Town. Well, Humphrey made the first for Holt. So we have a new head coach. I have to get used to saying that, don't we? He's not a manager. He's a new head coach, and that's uh, Matt Taylor. Uh, Matt Taylor is a former Premier League left wing back slash midfielder slash fullback. Really good playing career, and he's gone on, of course, to also uh, manage coach at Spurs and then briefly coach at Warsaw as well. And I'm sure we'll talk about that more in a bit. So a bit of a left field appointment when it was announced. I don't think a lot of people were expecting that name, or at least they wouldn't have been if it hadn't maybe been splashed all over social media about 24 hours before it was finally confirmed. So, Ollie, who was responsible for splashing it all over social media? <laughs> and that was me. Um, so, yeah, we first heard about um, the name on Saturday. I was hesitant to tweet it out there based on on one source. Um, got a second source on Sunday, and then, yeah, I went for it. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, nice to share the name and get that out there. And yeah, it's a it's a, an interesting signing. Um, in thing in terms of profile, Andy, it's the kind of signing obviously Mickey Moore told us we were going to get. Obviously, there's that the old school approach, you know, old school manager, which maybe we had in Steve Cottrell. But having a director of football, not surprised by this profile, are you? No, absolutely not. I think the entire um, crop of interviewees would have been of a similar ilk. Uh, and so, absolutely not surprised that it was a uh, that it's. Somebody who's come from sort of the lower league academy levels, and um, it was a Spurs team, wasn't it? That he did the under, was it the under 18s that he coached yeah. at. So, yeah, absolutely not surprised by that. Um, I was interested in um, Mickey Moore's interview that he referenced them, somebody from international um, team, which was interesting to me. So, I don't know whether you uh, had any thoughts on that, why he would do that. Yeah, it's an interesting, one, isn't it? I guess he was after a good coach. I guess that's yeah. the, 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 the pinnacle of. Um, what he was after that was his primary objective to get an international coach and yeah interesting we were going for someone in a job as well which I thought was quite interesting yeah it's it's um maybe we're not on the breadline as much as we've sort of tried to make out <laughs> yeah no and and I had very very strong rumors and multiple sources we did go after Paul Hurst um, and a few others um not sure how it's so many contradictions of our football club when it comes to the budget what we spent last year and then the chairman's messages and what mickey moore said about budgets and all this kind of things there's a lot of contradictions and yeah going after um someone with a national academy a national federation isn't going to be cheap but but we've got um we've got matt taylor now um just quick reactions chris were you, were you pleased with the sign-in 
So when you first messaged me on the Saturday, like you said, I was on a beach in Wales at the time. I'd just been swimming with the kids in the sea. So I was actually getting told off by my wife for looking at my phone when I should have been, you know, doing family stuff. So, yeah, it was a fair cop. But, uh, yeah, my, if I'm honest, my initial reaction was a little bit bewildered. And I Googled him and I read his record at Warsaw and I thought that's not particularly impressive. And I'm, my initial reaction was a bit flat. But then I thought about it. And it was quite, I was quite pleased that I did find out a bit early because instead, if it had been announced, I'd have probably, you know, been on Twitter having a rant or something. But I thought about it and I thought, actually, I can see why it makes sense. It, as uh, Pooley said, it's exactly the kind of thing that Mickey Moore was looking for in terms of a coach. Uh, he's got the background from Spurs. Um, you know, people don't always have great starts to their managerial careers. There's been others. And, you know, the example that people talked about a lot, and I put it on Twitter as well, was uh, Rob Edwards. He's about to be managing in the Premier League with Luton. People forget that his first season as a coach was at AFC Telford, and he had a distinctly underwhelming season at AFC Telford to the point that he was eventually sacked and replaced by a certain Gav Cowan, who we know well. So, uh, yeah, it, it just sometimes you shouldn't judge people by their first go, as it were. So, I, th I thought that's to be borne in mind. And it's, you also have to remember, he's not doing this on his own. It's a bit different under our new model. So, And we've seen that. We'll come on to talk about signings in a minute. But this is not the Matt Taylor show. He's just one figure in this. And uh, clearly, Mickey Moore's playing a big part as well. Because, you know, the, the signings we've had have both been announced within 48 hours of Taylor joining us. So I don't think he's, you know, driven those signings, as it were. It's clear that Moore's working hard in the background on some of that as well. So, I, yeah, I'm, I'm relatively satisfied with the appointment. And it helps as well that in his first interview, he came across really well. Now, I know it's what's, it's what's on the pitch that really matters, isn't it? But equally, those first, you know, first impressions matter. And I, when Paul Hurst was appointed, the first press conference he did, you just felt, you know, we finally got a proper manager. And I remember feeling reassured and feeling that we had a chance. And equally, the next manager, John Askey, the moment he opened his mouth in his first press conference, my, I just thought, oh, my God, that is it. you just thought the whole thing was going to be a car crash. It felt like he didn't want to be there. He didn't really have any confidence in his own ability to do the job. It was just really flat. And I don't think that helped. You know, he never really recovered from that, in my opinion. You know, Askey was never popular here. And I really think that first interview was a big part of why. Now, the first interview from Matt Taylor was impressive. You know, his enthusiasm came across. He sounded like a man with a plan. He sounded like he's pleased to be here. And he sounded like uh, he believed he can make a difference in add value. You know, he didn't rubbish everything that's come before. But there's clearly an idea in his head of how he can hopefully take us forward a little bit. So is it a gamble? Yes. Obviously, it's a bit of a gamble. But I think if a League One club like Shrewsbury wants to progress, sometimes you have to take a gamble rather than going for the safe options who've been around the managerial treadmill year on year and frankly never look like progressing further than they have already. So, yeah, for me, it's a, it's a brave appointment, but I'm excited by it. And what was your first reaction, Andy, when you heard the news? I was completely neutral, to be honest, Ollie. I didn't have any emotion whatsoever. I think it was always going to be a, a, an untested manager. I completely agree with Chris in terms of the, the sort of managerial, you know, merry-go-round. Didn't want to get on that. Much prefer somebody who's got a, an idea, a plan, uh, an ethos of how to play football that sort of dovetails with Mickey Moore's vision as well. And that's the most important thing. So um, it'll be what happens on the pitch that determines my emotion but I give him every opportunity and I think it's a you know a brave like Chris said and uh, an exciting appointment to me uh, my first instinct actually was Matty Taylor I know two other Matty Taylors in football so I, <laughs> rang, 
I rang one of them and said, I haven't got the Shrewsbury job, have you? <laughs> he, was like, he, was like, he said, no, no. He used to play for Burnley as well um, back in his youth. So um, it wasn't him. And then Matty Taylor, number two, used to play for a Digcote Town up front, actually, when he started his career. I played against him at the back end of my career and um, it wasn't him either. So um, yeah, it, was, it was Matty Taylor, number three. So, yeah. How, how many Matty Taylors are there, Andy? Did you see Sky Sports when they reported it? They reported it with footage of the Matty Taylor who's manager of Rotherham. So that was an impressive one. Really? And then obviously, yeah, they really did. So, and Oxford United have got, a, I think he's still there. They've got a striker, Matty Taylor, as well. Haven't they? Yeah, so that's the guy that I'm referencing. Yeah, so he was he used to play for Digcote back in the day. Um, and towards the back end of my football career, non-league, we uh, yeah played against him. But yeah, my other friend Matty, he played for Burnley. He was there as a an apprentice, and I think he did two years pro Matty there. So yeah, but um, yeah, exciting, Ollie. Exciting times, isn't it? And I think also yeah. financially as well, it was always going to be someone at the very start of their career, as opposed to someone who was maybe at the level of Cottrell in terms yeah. financially. I really don't like it when um, um, people say like people or players or managers or head coaches or whatever are cheap because I just I think that's a I don't know it just seems seems unnecessarily mean or devalues the person um, and potentially what values and ability they have yes he's possibly on less wage than Steve Cottrell uh, it's a bit like when you are done if, if you're playing football manager or something like that you know do you give yourself a big wage or you ask for a big wage or do you have a little one and you spend all that money on players now I imagine Matt Taylor did okay played 700 games played over 350, I think, Chris, you said in the Premier League. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think he's doing this for money. Poppy doesn't even need to work, to be honest. Um, but, well, yeah. He, uh, he hasn't worked for about 16 yeah. months, has he? And he appears yeah. to, you know, have been able to do that. Not many, if, yeah. if I lost my job, I'm not spending the next 16 months just working on improving myself, which is yeah. what he's been able to do, which is, you know, nice for him. But, yeah, like you say, I think that's a fair point. Yeah, my initial reaction was I looked at his CV and saw Warsaw with 25 win ratio. 25% win ratio, um, which is not a good a good number. Um, but as you said, Chris, on reflection, and the more you think about it, he's got the Premier League experience. Hopefully he'll have respect to the players from his playing career. Uh, maybe Andy can comment on that. Um, also, then you look at CV, he's managed at, he's managed um, and, and worked with um, people at Tottenham Hotspur and learned a lot there. And he talks about that in his interview. And, you know, then we're not getting a manager who's, you know, learning his craft for the first time. Um, and I think his Warsaw experience is going to set him in good stead. The fact that he had did have that difficult path, that difficult run of games, um, had to manage players, had all that kind of stuff. So I think you know we're getting someone who's a bit more experienced, um, Andy, than the man that first went into Warsaw. Yeah, I think it's worth remembering though his initial time at Warsaw was very, very good. Um, I remember sort of catching my eye and thinking, yeah, he's, it's a good fit. It's a good fit for him, and he's getting the best out of them. Now it went a little bit south from that point onwards, but. I think there was reasons behind that. I think in terms of his relationship with the the players, his relationship with the senior pros, the likes of Dunkley and Leahy, will be the key and will determine success because that's clearly where Cotchell got the investment from last year, wasn't it? That he got that relationship with Leahy and, and Dunkley and Bayliss and some other sort of senior pros and really got 110% out of all those players. So that, for me, is going to be the dynamic to watch out for. Yeah, no, it's I think it's really interesting that someone who's been at the club last year, Carl Winchester, signed as well. For me, that's really interesting. Maybe that is the the influence of Dunkley and Leahy, who've met uh, Matt Taylor and are impressed with what they've seen. So something to talk about when we get on to Carl Winchester. Um, but we'll talk, but go, yeah, go ahead, Chris. I was just going to say the other thing that also actually reassures me when I think about the appointment of Matt Taylor is the process he's gone through to get this job. You know, yeah. Mickey Moore in his interview has talked about wanting to run a thorough process and 
you know, we've at times it's been frustrating. I think, you know, it took three weeks from uh, when Cottrell officially left to when his replacement was announced. But it's taken three weeks because of how thorough the process was. And uh, you've got to think that in that time, you know, I think we've been told he had two formal interviews, both two hours long. And then he had another 90 minutes sit down with the chairman as well. So he's he's been put through the ringer for this job. He's had to he's had to show that he's presumably got some ideas, got a vision, got to show he knows a bit about our squad. I was interested in the interviews Moore's given about what he's, he's given a bit of an insight into those interviews. So he asked, um, he gave some of the names we were trying to sign to the to the candidates and asked them to talk how they'd fit into the squad. Uh, he asked them to assess the squad and talk about uh, where he thought he could add value to the squad, which is you know I think something that Taylor has obviously used in his interviews with the media since he got the job as well, but. It feels to me like, you know, he's certainly been put through the ringer and you couldn't say that this is a back of a fag packet appointment. There's clearly logic to it. There's clearly been a process that's been followed and Mickey Moore seems to know what he's doing. So I'm willing to give it, certainly give him the benefit of the doubt at the minute and trust that process. Yeah. And I think throughout the whole soap opera of the summer, the most reassuring piece for me was that exact interview. I think the fact that he referenced the interview process and how, how thorough it was, was really reassuring, I think. Yeah, no, I totally agree. He's, um, Mickey Moore said it come up to about eight or nine hours of interview, um, and yeah, the players and stuff. He gave it as almost like homework to the to the candidates. There was five candidates. He apparently met quite a few people for coffee, had telephone calls. Five, um, I assume they're all blokes. Five blokes went for the interview the first round. Two went for the second round. Then obviously uh, we had a meeting with the chairman as well. Ninety minutes, which you say was. Obviously, the the, the final sign-off. Interesting debate. We'll never know. Was it Mickey Moore signing or the chairman signing? I think it's fair to say this is a Mickey Moore signing, um, given um, given it took so long for him to join. I imagine there's some finer details ironed out with the chairman. Um, but yeah, I think it was good. And I, yeah, while it is frustrating, and you know, I think most of us assume that Steve Cotter was leaving. The process could have started before maybe Steve Cotter had left or what not have, but yeah, he's done a, a thorough process. There's downside to the thorough process, let's be honest. Matty Taylor joined on at the start of this week and the players are in on Sunday. Um, but I think Chris Skitt joining the club helps me and makes me feel a little bit reassured that there's a, quite some quite experienced heads in there in terms of doing pre-season. And I'm sure the fitness coaches have, have built a plan already as well. So, And the fact that we signed two players already, yeah, it's really funny. I think that, you know, I think Shrewsbury Town's fans' morale was quite low, maybe two or three out of ten. Um, and I'd say maybe it's as high as an eight at the moment because, yeah, the last 48 hours have been quite intense. Um, and also some, yeah, great content from the media team as well, some good interviews um, from, from the South. And actually, that's a really interesting point, actually, worth noting. Um, Steve Cottrell was very prickly. Um, I don't think BBC Structure ever said anything negative about Steve Cottrell in his tenure here. Um, and I think it'd be really interesting to see how the media, the staff, uh, we did see tweets from former members of Shrewsbury Town Media um, being pleased that there's a new manager in charge, new head coach, sorry, Floyd Unslip. Um, and yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see how the media, the media team and everyone kind of handles a manager or head coach like Matt Taylor, who seems like a decent bloke. I imagine he's going to be very ruthless, though, and I don't think that he's taken the job with any further ambition than being successful. Um, and yeah, I'm quite impressed with what he says. I expect Andy, he'll be quite ruthless as well. He comes across as a very articulate bloke, but I can't imagine he'll be, I imagine he'll be quite ruthless and quite strong-headed. Uh, not strong-headed, strong-headed is one word, but you know what I mean. He'll be, um, he'll be a tough character uh, in his role. I agree, he will be, but I don't think he'll be as controlling as what the previous manager was. And I think that's what you're referring to, isn't it? In terms of total control of yeah. what's said, what content's put out. 
what they can do, what they can't do, how they can say it, what they can ask, what they can't ask. And I think that's a controlling environment that's not healthy, is it? So I think um, given the right environment, people will be allowed to flourish a little bit more, won't they? Talking of flourishing, tactics, Andy. You pleased that Mickey Moore's sticking with um, three at the back? You know I'm a three-five-two guy. I'll leave it <laughs> but it's really interesting, isn't it? That obviously that is the formation that Mickey Moore wants to go with. It's he thinks it's the the formation that the squad. I've said heard something really interesting. They heard it's harder. It's easier to turn. I don't know a four at the back formation into a three at the back than it is to go three at the back into four at the back in terms of squad in terms of recruitment because we've got Flamingan, we've got Dunkley. Um, obviously, we know that's that's two centre backs out of the three that you'd need. I think we are set up nurse as well. So, yeah, would you say we're probably best set up already and it's, it makes sense to stick with the same formation? Oh, 100%. Flanagan and Dunkley in particular, I think, are well suited to three at the back just because of their play styles. Dunkley likes to attack the ball, doesn't he? And I think Flanagan, you know, likes to carry the ball out, but they've got that safety of an extra defender. Um, I also think that, you know, our whole sort of squad, if you like, is built around three five two. So, um and particularly yeah. with the loss of Pennington, that sort of reduces the sort of flexibility that we had to flick to a four, where yeah. you could sort of fill multiple roles on that formation. But yeah, I just like three five two, particularly a club of sort of how we ran as well. I think it just gives us a better platform. What do you think, Chris? Uh, well, I think as you say, it's we've got the players to play that at the moment. I think it's you, you need flexibility, and Matt Taylor's talked about not wanting to be so rigid as he maybe was in his time at Warsaw. So, you know, there's games where um, he may want to move away from that just because of the way the game's going. And we have got players. We've got we've inherited from Steve Cottrell players who can play in different positions. And Carl Winchester's just come in now. He won promotion from this division with Sunderland, playing as a right back. So even without any further recruitment we've got options of, to put him at right back if we wanted to as a, if we wanted to move to a 433 or a 4312 or whatever magic setup you want but i think when he played at Warsaw, it was a 4321 or something i read somewhere he's he certainly played with a flat back four before so it wouldn't surprise me if we see that in games at times but yeah, I think we're clearly recruiting to 3-5-2. The key for that, for me, for making that successful is going to be those wing-backs. We do not yet have anybody who I can see as an obvious right wing-back. But, you know, it's still, as we're talking, it's still June and the season's over a month away. I'm assuming that will change. I'm assuming we'll either loan or permanent bring in one, at least a couple of right wing-back options. And then over on the left, you're looking at George Nurse back again and Jordan Shipley as the option as well. So, yeah, you can see us sticking with that formation. And it was successful last season. So why wouldn't we? Andy, do you think we'll be a more of an attractive proposition for loan managers at the Premier League and Championship level now, having a, a different head coach in charge? Whether we're a more attractive proposition, I would argue, because I think Cottrell did quite well, didn't he? I think he had some good relationships with clubs, so I, I don't think it'll be an improvement. But I do think we'll do, we'll explore different avenues. Um, so I just hopefully we can be as successful as past years. I think he'll have lots of connections and contacts. He played for a number of clubs through his career, so he'll have got a good network, um, got a good background, footballing background. So um, with the way that we play football and the way that we've looked after players in the past, I think that we're an attractive proposition to Premier League teams to send their players to. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'd imagine that we'd fill our full quota. Yeah, we've got a we've got a decent um, squad number now. Um, obviously, we had quite a decent core to start with added two good players, uh, which we'll come on to shortly. Um, and yeah, the opportunity to sign five um, loan players um, is something that's quite quite interesting, Chris. 
Yeah, no, I think it'll be interesting to see the age of those players as well. Mickey Moore's been clean to go for younger players. Uh, Steve Cottrell's loans, he's had a mix of ages, hasn't he? So last year we had Street and Sadie, for example, who both did well. They were, you know, good loan players. But some of our real standout loan players under uh, Cottrell have sometimes been a slightly older uh, demographic, like uh, Carl Winchester or a couple of seasons back, uh, Harry Chapman as well, who was in his maybe in his mid-20s. And it'd be interesting to see if we can get those 18, 19, 20-year-olds to come in and thrive as well, that we've had, you know, Hurst had Dean Henderson, he had Ben Godfrey. I get the feeling that maybe Mickey Moore is going to be looking for loan players in that age bracket rather than you know, the Carl Winchester type of loan that we've we've had in the last year as well. So that'll be interesting. We've been linked to those couple of Wolves players, for example. So if they come in different different to what we've had, maybe at times players who haven't got a lot of football league experience at all. And you know, even Sadie had had 18, 19 games playing for Burton and Rob Street had been at Newport County. These two Wolves lads we've been linked to, I don't think they've kicked a ball in the football league, have they? So uh, it would be interesting to see how they go if they are the ones we're going for. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what we're doing in the loan market and and also signings going forward. Just something worth just um, worth reflecting on for a second and discussing. There's a lot of discussion about we're going to bring the age group down and sign younger players. Then everyone's saying, well, we just signed Carl Winchester, who's 30. I think it's just pointing out, he said, to bring the average age down, not that we're only going to sign 15-year-olds. Um, so, yeah, just worth pointing that out. He's, Mickey, Moore, Mickey Moore said he, he wants to bring the average age of the squad down. I think there's two points to that, though, Ollie, isn't there? I think number one is the point around financial connotations to it, isn't there? So bringing in loan people of a younger age group will be less costly than it would be if the older, more established players. But it's also about sort of bringing people into the club that have got a resale value. And I think that's the sort of um, ethos that we're going to carry forward, isn't it? And that's the exciting bit for me. If we're going to bring people in at 20 and 21, 22, and, and sort of help them hone their talents and abilities and add value there, that's that's got to be the model for the club going forward. It's not easy though, is it, with the with the Bosman ruling, the or whatever they is it still even called that? But anyway, once they get to twenty four, they move on, don't they? So you look at Morgan Feeney, we've just signed him as a twenty four year old, but he's got a two year contract. So realistically, if we're going to sell him, it's going to be next summer. Otherwise, otherwise, a year later he walks for free. And even a twenty two year old who you sign, if you give him a two year contract, by the end of that contract, he can walk on a free as well. It's it's not easy these days to get to get players at our level that you make money on. They've got to they've got to impress and be so good that somebody's willing to take them now and not wait another year and get them for free so it's, it's yeah you hope that we've got that some game yes we'd hope that we've got some extension options in some of these deals um but i remember chatting to you last year andy you're saying that you know Shrewsbury town could be successful by exploring all avenues and i'm not sure if we really truly explored all avenues with steve cottrell um and i think having a head a, head, a director of football hopefully means that we can maybe bring a few more youth players through and we interested to see what happens in that area as well no, oh, absolutely. They're going to have to, aren't they? They're going to have to, given the sort of um, the the coffers are obviously less than what they were. So it's going to be an avenue they're going to have to fully explore, rather than just sort of dipping in and out of. Any other for final comments on on Matt Taylor? Just proof will be in the pudding, won't it, Ollie? Yeah. All this talking in pre-season right now is great, but that it'll be the, the proof will be when we start playing football. I think yeah. the thing I'm most looking forward to is just even though it's not going to be revolution, I'd like to see a bit of an evolution in our playing style. I'm, and you know, Taylor allegedly at Warsaw did produce attractive football. Okay, it went wrong in those last few weeks, hence he lost his job. But sounds like they were playing some good stuff at times. And I'm hoping that 
he, he certainly talked a little bit about getting Winchester, for example, to be more effective in the final third. And he's talked about adding value in terms of improving us as an attacking force. And I'd enjoy that because let's be honest, two year, two and a half years of Steve Cottrell has not always been entertaining football. And before him, we had Sam Ricketts and that football was not exactly thrilling either. So Shrewsbury fans maybe over the last five years have been accustomed to not watching the most entertaining side. And if that can change a little bit, I'd enjoy that. So that's what I'm most hoping for from Matt Taylor in the first month or two of the season and what I'll be looking for just to see, just to see if you can see a change in our style. No, I was very interested in those comments as well, but I'd like to see some more pieces to the puzzle to be a bit more creative and a bit more flair-filled than we have been. Um, even with the current setup, I'm not sure how much more sort of creative we could be. Have we got the players to be that kind of team? I'm not sure. So um, the additions will be crucial there. Yeah, I think the addition would be crucial, but I also really like the the balance that Matt Taylor has. That he wants to play better football, but he knows he knows he has to win football games, or possibly this will be his last football league job um, if he did, isn't successful at Shrewsbury. And he almost alludes to that in his interview as well. He knows how important um, this role is for him. So we've certainly got a manager who's um, very motivated to have a to do a good job of it. Um, and yeah, good luck to him. And and I think also just worth noting that. You know, Mickey Moore's a good mentor for a young manager, um, and he's done he's done pretty well bringing managers through and developing them at Cheltenham as well. Um, so that, I think that's a, a great fit for him as well. So yeah, I think overall, things fair to say we're we're fairly uh, fairly positive. And at the end of the day, whether you like him or not, he's our football manager. He's our he's the head coach of Shrewsbury Football Club. And I'm not saying you have to support your team and all that kind of stuff, but it doesn't really do us any good by being negative. Um, and we need to get behind the manager and the team. And I'm sure all most Shrewsbury Town fans will do that on the first day of the season. So, yeah, good luck to him. If he's successful, obviously we'll be successful as well. Bit of news this week, a bit of nostalgia. Chris Skitt is back at the football club. I think his title, Chris, was head of medical or something or head of something like that. I can't remember what he said, but basically it's coming Medical science, isn't it? Or yeah. head of medical services. So I imagine he's in charge. He's be head physio in charge of fitness um, at the club. So yeah, good to have him back. Obviously he was here during our most one of the most successful eras in, in recent times with Paul Hurst. And he also played a big role in terms of building the training ground and stuff as well. I do find it quite interesting that Brian Caldwell left and Skitty's now back. Um, which I think um, is quite interesting, Andy. What are you trying to suggest, Ollie? I'm not quite sure. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a nice, it's a nice story, isn't it? And and he's, I've heard from different people, and remember hearing, you know, he's a well-respected physio. Um, so yeah, good to have, um, so a, a good to have a good physio back. Yeah, uh, two things, isn't it? Um, well, it's more than two things, to be honest. He's a top guy. He's a top guy. He's well-respected within the football community. Players seem to like him and respect him. He's very good at his job. And he's local, isn't he? So it's a it's a feel good story, one that should have happened long before now, I think. And I think the um, all the dramas around the Ipswich departure of, of is what we're under the bridge, and it's great to have him back. He's t- he's a link to that our most successful season in recent times. He was here for nine years, wasn't he? I think he came in two thousand and nine. The article said Skitty, and at the time was the youngest physio in the football league. So he's done well for himself. He's clearly respected by the players, or at least he was respected by the players we had at the time when he left. And uh, yeah, it's just good to have him back. And I think I've spoken before about Brian Caldwell and how much I respect him as a man. But I've I've also been clear that I disagreed with him on, and I suppose, the bitterness towards Hurst and Hurst's people, as it were, who left with him. And I, I just don't see the point in that kind of thing. I don't blame 
Chris Skip for going. It was an opportunity to go and work for a championship football club as they were at the time and are again now. And uh, yeah, it was not, I'd, we all do it. He, he'd been here for nine years. He didn't know us anything. He was offered a chance to step up, presumably to earn more money. Uh, we've all, I'm sure we've all changed jobs. This is what happens. And I'm pleased, I'm pleased he's back. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good story. And yeah, he also, he also, it's also good to know you've got someone who, you know, that season under Paul Hurst, Skip played a big role. I'm sure most people have listened to the In the, in the Stiffs podcast where he, that he was on. I think it was really interesting to hear his insight there. And I feel even more reassured um, that he's there now because, yes, the manager doesn't... Uh, keep, I'm going to keep calling him the manager, Chris. You can keep call, I'm shouting at me. But it's probably going to take me a year to stop calling him the manager. Um, that we've got someone who's experienced and done lots of pre-seasons before. Um, obviously, you know, there's potentially going to be change, I'd imagine, with backroom staff. So there's a lot of stuff to be done before season preseason starts on Sunday. Um, but yeah, it's good to have him back at the football club. And Chris didn't take long, did it? So we got a new manager and then all of a sudden we were signing players. And I don't think anyone really expected us to sign a player that quickly um, and to bring back um, Carl Winchester, which I have to say I'm delighted about. I think he's a really, really good footballer, a very good at receiving the ball in tight spaces. I think it's also nice as well that a player was with us last season, played about 39 games for us last season, um, has, has come back as well, even though we have changed manager. So for me, me that's a, a good feel, good feel, good factor as well. Um, so yeah, pleased that he signed. What was your thoughts, Chris, when you saw saw the news? Did well for us last year, so delighted he's back. He's a good good addition to the squad. I think it's clever by uh, Mickey and Matt to make sure that their first signing or two are eye-catching ones. You know, if, if their first captures had been 18-year-old loans, then people start to think, oh, what's going on? But instead, you know, it lifts morale because straight away we've seen, okay, these guys can bring in good footballers. Uh, I thought it was clever as well that in the quotes about Carl Winchester, it was very much put across that this was a signing that Matt had asked for during his interview. They were saying that, you know, Mickey gave the impression he's maybe not a player he initially was going after. But Matt Taylor said that in his homework on Shrewsbury Town, he'd been impressed by him and said how much he would want him back. So Mickey's, you know, said, I felt like I had to make it happen for him. So I thought that was clever, actually, you know, because that kind of just is a message to the fans that, you know, the, the Matt, Matt Taylor is very much going to have a huge say in recruitment and that this is a signing that he's driven. So I thought that was smart. And I, I don't think there's a Shrewsbury fan out there. I think the reaction shows that there's not a fan out there who doesn't think that's a good idea to bring back Carl Winchester. So, yeah, delighted to see him. And what's, what's your thoughts on him, Andy? Yeah, great addition. Really good pro, really solid pro. I think at the end of the season, if you'd have been asked uh, of the lone players that just sort of departed, which ones you'd like to bring back, probably Taylor Moore and... Um, Winchester would have been on top of the list, wouldn't they? Um, knowing that Killian Phillips is going to go on to bigger and better things. But um, I always thought that Winchester would be the top for me. So I'm really pleased. Really, really pleased. I think yeah, he's had a number of options. So it's it's a good it's a good indication that we're on the right track. So really good. And the coffers aren't completely empty. <laughs> so we signed a you know a pro um, who's not going to... I'm not saying he'll be a super expensive signing. Um, but for me, it's encouraging that we'll be able to sign a player who's you know a good League One footballer. Um, and if we couldn't sign anyone who's a good league one football, that would have maybe worried me. Um, but yeah, a good signing, Chris. Yeah, just very quickly, his age as well. You've t- we've talked a bit about age, but he's only 30. It's not that old. You know, we've given him a two-year contract. This is a guy who's not, you know, 
you peak as a footballer, don't you? Late twenties, and this, but these days with fitness, I, I think there's no issue with having a thirty-year-old footballer in your team. Uh, so yeah, I think we've 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 got basically the best version of Carl Winchester, yeah. hopefully, and we can have two really good years out of him during this contract as well. So good signing for me, really good signing. Yeah, and I think there's a theme with these signings. You know, we talk about Lee he's resigned. Dunkley's um, is there. You know, got good eggs. Um, Winchester seems like a good pro. Um, like you say, Chris, you know, players are, you know, players are not eating um, m- muffin sandwiches before training and drinking 50 pints during the week. Um, so, yeah, players definitely um, definitely have a bit more longevity these days. And he's a good sign. And, and yeah, um, I think it's also interesting that, that that Mickey Moore listened to Matt Taylor sign the player he wanted. Mickey Moore was really, really clean to stress that, you know, he'll go out, do the recruitment, let the manager focus on the football. But every single signing will have to be approved by the manager, which I think is really important. And he said himself, there's no point signing a player he, the manager, doesn't want because it's not going to work. He's not going to play him. Um, so I thought that was really, really important to find that out. Um, so, yeah, a really, really good signing uh, was Winchester. And then we also then didn't take too long, which I think this really caught a lot of people by surprise. We made another signing. Um, so we find signed Finley um, from, from Carlisle, who's a captain of Carlisle and plays in central defence. He sounds a bit like a Pennington replacement, if I'm honest. Um, did a little bit of research and spoke to um, a friend of mine who works in the game, and he said that he's a he's like a you know a decent a good level League One player. He's got a big personality on the pitch and leaves it all out there type of player, uh, and he's a leader. He's an aggressive defender. Um, you won't call him quick, but he's dominant. Um, he's not dominant in the air either, but he's also a threat from set pieces as well. And to be honest, that could have been a description for Matt Pennington. Um, so I think it's likely that he'll play a right centre back. Um, next to Dunkley in the middle. Um, so, yeah, kind of the central defender you like, Andy? Yeah, very much so, yeah. He came up to um, Sunderland on loan. He didn't get to play in the first team, but he played quite a lot in the uh, the younger age groups. Um, he was very well thought of, so I was quite surprised that he dropped down to Carlisle and even more surprised that we managed to sign him given the uh, the number of clubs that were apparently circling after him. Now, <clears throat> a lot of that was agent talk, but um, but even more so, still very surprised that we were able to capture his signature. Um, had a great season last year with Carlisle, and um, it's a it's a really another solid addition. Yeah, really, really encouraging, and it's always it's always telling, isn't it, when you see the reactions on social media. Um, I think Blackpool fans, and I've seen Blackpool fans, have been a bit blown away. Positive feedback on Pennington. The same cannot be said, Chris, um, for the Carlisle reaction. I think they were absolutely, you know, gobsmacked, weren't they? And there's been some pretty angry reactions aimed at more at Feeney. They've seen him as chasing the money, chasing the big buck, which is ironic given everything we know about our financial position at the minute. It is confusing. Yeah, I'll be honest, from outside I would think this looks an odd deal. I would think why is a player who's a captain of a team going up into League One walking out on that team to sign for Shrewsbury Town because the chance, you know, are we a bigger club than Carlisle? Obviously, we're currently higher ranked or we have been for the last few years. But stature of club, we're probably fairly similar, I would say. And so from the outside, it probably does look like an odd deal and I would be baffled looking at it. But certainly some of their fans have been pretty angry about it, pretty cross about it. But that's kind of nice, isn't it? When it, when, when you get a player like that, you, you don't want them to say, oh, who cares anyway, because he's no good. You want them to be angry because they've just lost a player that presumably they thought was going to be a big part of their League One CS side. So, yeah, I, I don't mind that. It makes me laugh, makes me smile and makes me think hopefully he's a good signing. Yeah, I love it as well. It's nice to see. Um, yeah, it's yeah. You you want to get good feedback, and I'm pleased with what we heard. Um, fits into the model well, and another good egg in the squad as well, um, which is I think definitely um, 
definitely a characteristic and a, a strength of the squad that we saw last season. Um, as we all know, it's a long, long season. You need um, good players and good leaders in the team. And it's good that we've yeah, signed another leader as well. Um, so that means we've got multiple leaders in, in the team. I also think his propensity to score goals from set pieces might be valuable. Pennington was very, very good at coming up with important goals, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, and if he can get anywhere close to that, that would be really useful. Yeah, really good signing. And yeah, it, it's mad. Um, we were waiting to do the first um, episode of this season, uh, unsure when we were actually going to do it. Um, and yeah, I, I don't think, Chris, um, that we would have thought that we'd be this positive and this happy um, on the, the 29th of June um, after how the last few weeks have been. Yeah, it's been a pretty tough time as a supporter, hasn't it? It's been a bit confusing because there's been no information coming out. We've been left in the dark and yeah, you just worry where things were heading. But Obviously, there's no guarantees, but it feels right now like at least we've got a chance. I don't look at the squad already and think, oh, my God, we're in for a relegation battle. Things can move fast. Who knows? We might sell Marco Morosi tomorrow and the next week we get a bid for Luke Leahy and we're all panicking again. But right now, I feel like we're in a we're in a decent place. We've got and we've got and we've got clearly more to come. I was interested in Mickey Moore saying he wants a squad of 20 senior professionals you know after what we've got used to over the last couple of years that would be strange I was just counting and we're currently at 14 so senior players if you take out some of the kids so if he wants 20 that's at least six more faces still to come in presumably you know four four or five of those will be loans but yeah there's more it's it's good to see that we're hopefully not going to be struggling for a subs bench most weeks and uh yeah I'd like to think that we can have another decent season I'm not going to say we're going to make the playoffs but I'm, I'm certainly not thinking right now that we're a side destined for the drop. And, you know, I'll take that right now. No, I take it as well. But I also think that it's one of the weaker league ones, looking at it on paper, that I've seen for many a year. So it gives you even more room for optimism for me. Yeah, I'm I'm really encouraged. Um, even when Steve Cottrell went, and I was talking to different people and people who are not Shrewsbury Town fans, and they were quite impressed with our core, with what we've got. Um, you know, when you've got players like Leahy and Dunkley and, and Bayless, you know, that's a, de- a decent core throughout the squad. Morosi as well, good goal, very good goalkeeper. Maybe we'll lose him. Maybe we'll get some money for him. But I'm sure it's very, very early days. And as both of you said, we're not going to know how good Matt Taylor is until the end of next season. And fingers crossed he makes it to next season. And we're not really going to know how good Mickey Moore is maybe for three years. Maybe that's fair. Two years, three years in terms of see how he does in terms of recruitment. I have to say um, he's made a good start. I think Mickey Moore in terms of his, his press conferences and how he's spoken um, and also signing players so quickly as well and the calibre of the players we signed. And yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to pre-season now. Really, really looking forward to the season ahead. And yeah, just fascinated to see where we're going to get to. Um, I think there's a, still a few questions I have. What happened with the finances last season and some of the statements from the club? Um, but yeah, we're all football fans we want to watch football. We want to be excited. Um, and now we can just focus on signing players and, yeah, looking forward to the start of the new season. And, yeah, that first game against Cheltenham um, feels more and more winnable as, as each day goes by at the moment. Leeds away looks a lot more appetising as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I need to try and make go and try and go to that. I imagine you'll be going to that one, Andy, um, yeah, in terms of your, like, your geography. Yeah. And if they're still a mess as well, because they haven't even got a manager yet, have they? Yeah, they're the same uh, boat as us, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. sort of maybe it's a couple of weeks behind even now. So a good time yeah. to play them on, you know, in theory. It was being reported today. I think Daniel Fark's basically got that job. They just haven't announced it yet, but I'm pretty sure it's Daniel Fark. So but I'm sure there's things happening there in the background, but yeah, they're a little bit behind, aren't they? Yeah. So yeah, really looking forward to the new season. Um, any final thoughts? 
two things that I think about. I'll be interested to see what you think about this, Andy. But you know, where do we still need to recruit? And I still think we know we need at least a couple of right wing backs, probably a new striker, maybe another midfield option as well. Those would be the positions I think. I don't know what you think. And then the other one I'd want to ask you about is Aidan O'Brien, because that's a subject that our fans are talking about a lot and what the heck went on there. But he's still a Shrewsbury Town player and he's still a player of high calibre. And can he be embedded back into our squad and can he actually have an impact this year? What do you think? I thought never. I, I, I really didn't think he would ever come back to Shrewsbury. But seeing that Gillingham were in the market for Alfie May today did make me think that um, there's maybe a way back for him. So who knows on that one? I definitely think we need two right wing backs. Maybe it's one younger one and one sort of more seasoned pro. Um, definitely think we're a little bit light in midfield and I certainly think we need something different up front. Um, we're sort of presuming that Udo and Nurse come back 100%. It's a, it's a long way back with their injuries, isn't it? So I think we just need to check very carefully and not put too many eggs into those baskets straight away. I think it's very, very important that we sort of ease them back in. I'm sure Skitty will be all over that. But yeah, for me, um, I think that... Uh, a front man of of sort of with sort of a bit of guile would really sort of um, complete the squad. Um, but clearly, we need midfield depth and we need a right wing back. I'm yeah. excited and, to see Udo. I re- I mean, you say obviously there's no guarantees, but we've missed him for so long, and he's such a popular character in our team. And I, you know, the chance from I'm I'm looking forward to singing the you know the Daniel Udo song in the ground, and yeah, that's one for me. I I just really hope that he comes back firing, as it were. It'll take a time, I'm sure, but I'm really looking forward. I just I've got everything cross room. You can't meet you couldn't meet a nicer lad. No, absolutely. But I'm also reliably informed that the interest in Morosi is definitely real on multiple fronts. So it would not surprise me if we weren't looking for a goalkeeper as well. Yeah. Is that a panic? If we Because he's got effectively two years on his contract because we got an option. So I don't know. I, my guess would be quarter of a million plus. Yeah. 250, is, yeah. 300 at least. And if we get that kind of money for Marco Morosi and go out and, you know, in recent years, we've had some good loan goalkeepers if it has to be a loan. You know, we've had the likes of Henderson, Matthias Sarkic, who was really good as well, Max O'Leary, who we had from Bristol City. If we have to go down the loan route, then I'm sure that Matty Taylor and Mickey Moore can find us a good goalkeeper. So while I don't want to lose Marco Morosi, I would understand it if they sell him because, you know, we've talked a bit about how Shrewsbury has to be a selling club. Well, that is an asset. So, yeah, no, I'm in the same boat. I think he's a great keeper. I think he's a great keeper. But if you were going to say to me, out of the saleable assets that we have, which one would you rather lose and what money we would get for him, which would be around 200, 300,000, then it would be Morosi. And if it enables us to sign people like the likes of Feeney, then that's about balancing the books, isn't it? And um, maybe that's on the agenda, but who knows? But there is the, the interest in him is genuine, but that might be something we need to look at. Any idea yeah. on who? Is that, it? or can you not say from your little your sources? <laughs> just, just lots of interest. That's what, that's what I. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm I think getting exclusive there, Ollie. You can't blame me for asking a question. Yeah, Andy knows he'll 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 he'll, he'll share and maybe offline. Um, in terms of players coming back, I was always wary and always a bit worried when we had players coming into the squad and they looked unfit. So having twenty players and having enough players in the squad hopefully means that, yeah, we're not over-reliant on Nurse and Udo and they don't have to play 46 games and we can bring them back and nurse them back into the squad um, and to the first team as well. So, yeah, obviously with Skitty as well. Yeah, always trying, (laughs) always trying. And hopefully also, you know, having a manager who's going to, you hope, listen to Skitty, listen to the team and um, maybe he's not as strong-headed and he's not going to throw players in because sometimes 
this is just my own personal opinion. I sometimes think we played players who weren't fit um, because it was a necessity. So hopefully a bigger squad will help that as well. So yeah, I'm very, very positive at the moment. Um, and yeah, looking forward to looking forward to more signings. Yeah, I think you make a good point there, Ollie. I think um, Skitty is a very strong physio. And in terms of players being 100% fit, people that have played maybe too many minutes and are running the risk of uh, obtaining an injury, I think he's all over that kind of stuff. And um Maybe it's out of necessity last year that we struggled a little bit and sometimes we're playing at um, le- less than full tank, shall we say. So I think that'll be important if we've got a better balanced squad and we've got Skiddy at the helm as well. I think it's going to only provide us with good things on the pitch. I agree with that. It's it's good. And yeah, it's good to have some experience and folk back in and also some you know local local well-known names. And yeah, everyone was very pleased about Skitty Cullen. So yeah, another positive as well. Any final thoughts, Chris? Just I'm looking forward to the season, Ollie. I can't wait now, to be honest. And uh, it's going to come around fast because they're back on Sunday for fitness training. We've only got the three friendlies as we at the moment. I think Ollie Westbury on Twitter said to me that there was another one that was going to be behind closed doors. So I suppose that's my one concern. Are we going to be a bit undercooked? We never seem to play a lot of friendlies at Shrewsbury. Everyone else plays seven or eight. We play three or four. It seems a bit odd to me, but... I just, uh, yeah, I just can't wait for the action to begin. August the 5th will be here before you know it. I'm away for a couple of weeks in July, so it'll fly by while I'm on holiday. And then, yeah, back for the football. Bring it on. Is there no way friendlies planned? I don't think there is, is there? Is it? Just that West Brom on their training ground and whatever this mystery yes. one is that they haven't announced yet. I think that's always a shame. I always like to see Salop having a, a way friendly here or there. I think it's yeah. good for the supporters to get excited about. And that's a bit of a disappointment. Yeah, no, it's always good to have an, an away one, especially even a non-league away as well. It's always a bit of fun as well. Uh, I do so wonder yeah, if that's basically Mickey Moore was here too late to do much about that. You look, I, I did have a look at what Cheltenham have got and they're playing about six or seven friendlies and I would imagine Mickey Moore arranged those as well. So it'd be interesting next summer. I suspect it'll be different when he's had, because he'll be planning that from you know February, March onwards, you'd imagine. Yeah, and I don't think we've turned the pitch up this year as well, so I imagine that'll be ready early as well. So that's another money-saving opportunity that we've the club has taken as well. Um, though, to be fair, um, a friend of mine's a groundsman at Everton, and he really wanted the Everton not to redo the pitch and just do a really big scarification on it um, and, and carry on what they've got. So while it does save money... Um, yeah, not necessarily a bad thing. So thanks everyone for listening. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Andy, for joining me. And don't know when we'll be back again, but we'll be back again soon. And hopefully we'll assign a few more players. Thanks for listening. <laughs>